0: For tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. I'm excited to talk to you today along with our guest, Dr. Sade R. Brown. Now, if you are someone who is invested in the stock market, then this is definitely the episode for you. Now, Dr. Shade R. Brown is a woman of many trades, of many skills, and I'm going to go over her bio with you. The one thing that we are going to be talking about mostly on this podcast episode is what is happening right now in the stock market and overall with the economy. Right now, we are in a recession. Right now, inflation is happening. And if any time is a good time to invest, is now when things are actually down in the market. There's a thing called dollar cost averaging and when things are down and you invest at a low, eventually when things go up, then that is where people really make money in the long term. And we'll go over that more in this episode, but, but I wanted to share with you Dr. Shade R. Brown's background which is a fully fleshed background of many accolades. She's an organic polymer scientist who specializes in commodity polyolefins, polyesters, and paper forest products, engineering plastics, bio-based plastic chemicals, EPA regulations, SOP technical writing, materials testing, product development, and product formulation. She's earned a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry from Winston-Salem State University and a Master of Science in Chemistry biochemistry, specifically from North Carolina Central University. Following the completion of her master's studies, Dr. Brown then earned a doctor of philosophy in organic chemistry with a concentration at polymer chemistry in Clark Atlanta University. Currently, she is a project scientist where she helps to create, test, and review medical devices that are beneficial to patients' well-being outside of her career. She takes joy in teaching financial literacy and educating others on the importance of passive income. She educates teens and adults to learn how to invest and trade in stocks, buy smart real estate, set up short-term rentals, and retail arbitrage, as well as e-commerce. So we are pleased to present to you Dr. Shadé R. Brown in this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. This is going to be a very knowledgeable full of insight and wisdom kind of podcast. Get your notepads ready, get your pens and pencils together, uh, because I think you're going to get a lot of uh, great information that you'll be able to take with you. And hopefully, if you do utilize uh, these tips and tricks that we provide you on this podcast, you'll come out in the new year um, a lot wealthier. Uh, with uh, some really good financial opportunities your way. I have Dr. Shade Brown with me on the podcast. Dr. Shade R. Brown is a scientist who specializes in commodity polyolefins, polyesters, paper forest products, engineering plastics, bio-based plastics and chemicals, EPA regulations, technical writing, product development, and so much more. She's earned a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry from Winston-Salem State University and a Master of Science in Chemistry and Biochemistry from North Carolina Central University. Uh, Dr. Brown has provided consulting services to chemical and allied industries as an expert in polyolefins and product development and medical device industries. Currently, she is a project scientist and she helps to create, test, and review medical devices that are beneficial to patients' well-being and outside of her career, which is really what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. She takes joy in teaching financial literacy and educating others on the importance of passive income. She educates teens and adults to learn how to invest in. To- to investigate, to invest and trade stocks, buy smart real estate, set up short-term rentals and retail arbitrage e-commerce. Dr. Brown, thank you for coming on the Black Girl Learns podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just, I love talking about financial literacy. So if you guys hear me going on a tangent, you know, just please just stop me at any time because sometimes I get overly excited. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're we're happy
0: to have this discussion. Last month, April was uh, Financial Literacy Month, and we put out some really great information on the website, some good articles to check out, uh, but we want to further elaborate on that and have you on the podcast to talk a little bit more, because I feel like Financial literacy should be celebrated every month, and we really need to learn how to invest, how to build wealth for ourselves. So thank you for for coming on and and chatting with us about this. My first question to you is, how did you get started in in this industry? What made you decide, okay, I want to learn about financial literacy, and then I want to teach it to others?
1: Well, I always, um, first I thought in my career that I always wanted to do, I love science and I always thought that's somewhere where I wanted to stay until I saw um, in the job market um, that it, w- it wouldn't it would be beneficial for me, right? I wasn't going to make the money that I was attending to see when I got my doctorates. So I was like, okay, instead of me wanting it from someone else, right, instead of me asking it for someone else, instead of me adding on more uh, more degrees to get the level of uh, money. I think I should get. Let me just get it myself. Let me let me find out how I can be. I can benefit from learning about finances myself and investing to get where I need to get. Because my goal is re- to retire my husband and myself at forty, right? So mm-hmm. I started to um, research, right, how people. Um, How how the wealthiest people, the billionaires, actually got to where they were. Right. Right. And it was from generational wealth um, mixed in with investing into the stock market, mixed in in with real estate, right, mixed in with owning, um, you know, products that we currently buy today, right? These big household names that we know of that's now on the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. So the e-commerce flows into the stock market which also flows into um, whether it's commercial or residential real estate, right? Um, So that's where I I decided I need to be in all three of these areas if I'm gonna create generational wealth for not just myself, but my family and my friends around me, like to basically get them to be knowledgeable about what's going on around them, um, as, as well as creating a footprint for um, my son, so that he can see you don't have to work for anybody. These are the steps that you can take to be, to become wealthy in this world. Um, and it's not just a, a, a one, it's, it's kind of a, like a one fit all, fit fit all type of scenario, if you ask me, but that's how I got into it.
0: That's incredible. I, I think that you know, right now our society is kind of fearful because there's so many different things that's happening between uh, the pandemic. Uh, we, we're in a recession. Inflation is happening. Uh, you know, unemployment um, with the labor force. Uh, what would you say to people that right now just feel disillusioned about? their sense of what wealth looks like, their sense of what it is to have um, financial opportunity in a world and in a media that kind of tells them the opposite?
1: Well, um, one, I like to tell everybody your feelings are valid your feelings are very valid. And if you feel that way, then let's create a solution. I'm not for sitting in what I know and what I feel. I'm for creating a solution to not feel that way anymore. And by that, there's multiple ways where you can create passive income from where you are today, sitting, sitting where you are today. And um, I don't know if we should go into it, but I've always teach I always teach people how to make money from you know just sitting where you are really, really quickly and start saving that money or using your passive income money to invest that if you're not able to invest your annual sal- salary. Because that's you know, some people's um that's some, that's where some people are. They can't really take the money that they're making annually and set it aside for savings. And so I try to teach people how to make money really quickly, passively, by doing these little things for a couple of hours out of your day, and it really does build up. So you shouldn't get discouraged about how much money you're bringing in from passive income, but get encouraged about how much money that will actually equate to over time.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that um, in this day and age, with tech and our phones and so many apps that we are able to access that there's a lot of different opportunities for you to be able to invest just using your device. So um, as far as investing goes, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, brokerage firms when it comes to stocks and all of that. But then there's also apps where you can just throw in money here and there. Like, for example, Acorns. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that app. That's an app that I, I've i used where, you know, I can just put in five dollars you know, a week or a month, and then it just builds up over time, um, or apps where every time, you know, you spend money on a card, uh, a portion of those fees go into putting it into a savings. So do you have any other apps or do you know of any other tools that you could recommend where people can just easily just put passive income, um, it, by using, you know, either a mobile device or, or any other kind of financial instrument?
1: sadly to say I don't because I take all the money that I save and I put in um, either uh, ETFs, mutual funds and or I day trade it. So because I'm so I'm an active trader and maybe I need to, you know, um, uh, research a little bit more for those who do ask me those questions. I, since I'm an active trader, I really don't believe in just putting my, this is sad to say, but this is not for all people. I just want you to know this. I don't really believe in putting my money and setting it aside um, because that that's money that can be used to invest and I can make money on top of that. So I don't, I usually just invest my money in the stock market. Again, whether that be, if it's long-term ETF mutual uh, index fund, S&P 500, you can just let it sit there and grow. Usually uh, the trend is 10% per year on whatever money you actually put in um, the index. um, That has been the trend. Um, But that's that's actually what I do with my money. And or I save my money up in the stock market, make money off of that. And I actually withdraw it to actually buy real estate.
0: The Black Girl Nerds Podcast will return in just a moment. The Geeked Podcast is your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theater nerd, and lover of all fictional villains. Each week, they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom, and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Worlds like Stranger Things, The Umbrella Academy, The Witcher, and many more. You'll also get to hear some of your favorite actors and creatives talk about fun behind-the-scenes tidbits, and, of course, what they are geeking out about. This podcast is a must listen for anyone who is checking out Twitter threads and fan wikis dying to theorize and talk about that new show they are obsessed with. Interviews include actor Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things 4, Emmy Raver Lampman who plays Alison Hargreaves in the Umbrella Academy, podcast host and cultural critic Rose Damu and many more. Interviews include breakout stars from Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy, as well as cultural critics and professional geeks you know and love. New episodes of the Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow the Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I recently changed my insurance plan, and with that comes a whole new process of finding a new doctor, finding a location, finding someone who's reputable, that has a really good review by several other patients, and it's always a really daunting process. Well, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed and take your insurance and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot and whether you want to see a doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Find a doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, Millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in the way that is surprisingly pain free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Just go to ZocDoc.com slash BGN and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash BGN. ZocDoc.com slash BGN.
1: Or I will go buy a property, uh, a product. and then i'll you know list it on amazon as well as e- uh, or um walmart and i'll i'll get like a 20 to 25% return on it on it that way well
0: i think you're right in um, saying that you don't want to put all your money in one thing like for example putting your money in a savings account for those of you guys that are listening um, you don't get barely a return anymore the way our economy is and and um just the, I don't know what the financial terms are for it. I'm not going to pretend like I know what that is. And by the way, uh, no financial advice on this podcast. This is just, you know, for informational purposes only. Um, but putting all of your money in a savings account, isn't the way it was 10, 15, 20 years ago where you would get, you know, a a return on the interest you barely get any sort of interest by putting your money in your savings anymore you really do have to diversify your funds and put them in places where you can get larger returns and that's why like people like yourself are putting it into stocks into etfs into bonds treasury bonds um people are putting it into crypto uh so uh you know that that is honestly i think that that is a smarter way to divest your funds if you do want to see a larger return because just having it into a savings account i mean i i think the last time i saw a return on my savings account was like a one percent interest rate which is just abysmal so you're you're absolutely right in saying that
1: yeah i mean some people i do put it in like the highest interest bearing accounts i if i like set my money aside there for like if i need it um for a big purchase or whatnot i'll put it there um, only a high interest bearing accounts, but that that's about all at that point.
0: Right, right. So when it comes to stock investing, you know, there there probably are people that are listening that invest in stocks, and there might be people that have never touched a stock ever. Uh, what advice do you give to someone who's just getting started and want to look into trading or just buying shares and going long on um, investing into a company
1: that is an amazing question I will say to you do your research sounds cliche but it's very important I always tell people even when listening to me I'm not I want you to go and do your research it's just like a professor right which I am I'm gonna only give you snippets of what I have uh, what I know, right? But I want you to go and do your homework and your due diligence and knowing more because I can only talk about so much and sometimes I forget so much to talk about. So it's important when somebody is actually have a stock, you see a stock on social media or whatnot, you're buying off the high, you're buying off the hype. And it's important for you instead of just buying to go see you know, who's the CEO. Um, What does their uh, EPS look like? So basically their earning potential for each quarter, right? Um, What are they talking about during their their earning sessions? That is all important things that you need to know. You can also go back and listen to those calls as well to see what that company is doing because you have to realize this is the money you're placing your money into a company you're investing in that company that you now own shares with that company you own you now own a part of that company so why wouldn't you want to know what that company is doing with your money how are they in turn investing your money and if they are being poor with how they're executing whatever that is for their business, then that means you should not put your money and invest long-term with that company because they are not going to bear fruit. And that is very important to do your own due diligence and looking to that because some people... Um, we, when you're day trading, they'll tell you, buy the hype, sell the news, right? That's not for long-term traders, that's for short-term traders um, because you're just buying the rumors and what everybody, the hype of what everybody's talking about it, right? So now everybody's gonna buy into it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's a great company. You're really buying off hype. You're buying off what they what can be, what could be, um, but are the financials there, right? Are, are, are the people there, right? How, does the, how has the business been handling um, this? It, it, how has the business been in this sector, right? Whether it's tech, whether it's um, um, water, whether it's uh, environmental, how have they been in this sector as compared to everybody else? Who they're also competing against. So those are very, very important. Um, it's very, very important for you to research and do your due diligence when it comes to trading platforms with their fees, um, when it comes to uh, stocks, again, with their companies and whatnot. And even the people you listen to in quarter- uh, at- even the people you listen to, which means me, do your due diligence on, okay, let me see if she's right, right? Let me go do some more research and see if I should be trading with this platform or if I should be doing this. It's important to always have a second opinion, uh, um, which could be someone else, right? But the first opinion should be yours and that should be the first decision you go off of.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I think that when it comes to investing too, like, this is your money. Don't just throw your money into a stock just because it sounds sexy or just because everybody's talking about it. Um, like really do, like you said, do your, your due diligence in reading about the financials behind the the company, because, um, there's a website that I recently just got hip to, and it's absolutely free. If anybody wants to check it out, it's called ticker.com. It's spelled T I K R.com T I K R.com. And you can pull up any company, and you can see all of their financials, including um, a document called a 10K. And a 10K is like this comprehensive financial statement of everything that the company has made over the past year, how they've lost money, how they've gained money, how much the uh, executives make, you know, it just it, so much. So get yourself like a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine at night or whatever, and like read through those statements if you decide you are going to invest um, into a company because you you want to know what the cash flow looks like for for these businesses because it, you know, sometimes they these companies do really well, first quarter, second quarter, and then sometimes they end up going bankrupt in a couple of years so you you want to see that before that's coming and and knowing the financials beforehand um allows you to you know get that opportunity and and the idea is you you, you want to beat the market you don't want the market to beat you right
1: i totally agree that's why i look at social behavior to also help me make my choice it's fundamentals um, not only looking at the company, but looking at the news and how um, uh, most bills or laws that are passed um, internationally um, or or um, or within the United States, how they will affect businesses. And that can also give you a long-term um, uh, position on how that company or a company will do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. What is your thoughts about... Um, you know, it's kind of a becoming like an internet meme in in a sense, but what are your thoughts about people copying trades of politicians, people like Nancy Pelosi and these senators, which we know these guys do inside trading. We, we just, we know it, but because of them sort of doing insider trading, um, people are copying their trades online because, as senators, they they have to publicly post it. Um, wh- what is your opinions on that?
1: Uh, I think inside trading is um, horrible that in, in, in an instance. But however, sometimes it actually doesn't work out the way uh, we think it works out. I think copying a trade is kind of like hype, right? Like, right. okay, I'm buying into this because of the hype. Because we know the bill is going to be passed. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to affect that specific stock. Um, especially if their financials are not right. Um, the only, the only thing I can see for, for instance, I will say it was terrible to have people trade, um, government officials trade in the stock market, knowing who they were going to give the money to, to make the vaccine that's where it affected the stock market directly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like passing laws or whatnot, you have to kinda, it's still like you have some information which everybody does on what companies this can actually affect or and or if they have government contracts with those people, then they know that's going to actually affect their financials. So stuff like that, like if you're going that route, then yeah, you shouldn't be able to trade period. Um, It's just like for companies that you work for, I work for corporate. So and my company is traded on the stock market, I can't, make inside trades knowing the acquisitions that we acquire and everything that we're doing. And, you know, I'm working in new product development. I can't say, oh, even though I believe in myself, whatever product I actually create is going to go, but, um, I can't say, "Oh, okay, well, once this product launches, like I'm going to go ahead and invest now while it's low and once we we launch our product, oh, we're going finan- to our financials are going to look really, really great for the next quarter and that's going to cause it to skyrocket. Let me go ahead and invest now." That is inside trading. You knowing that your product is going to do well because you've already your company as a um as a magnitude have already researched many different regions, right? Um and that can definitely affect you know you making more money it it definitely can help you make more money knowing information like that and that's inside trading because nobody else gets that information
0: i honestly think politicians should not be able to hold publicly like trade publicly held uh companies i just don't think that they should be able to do that i know that um um aoc is trying to rally to have something passed to where they shouldn't be able to trade because yeah, they, all, all of them. They they know they knew about the coronavirus and they started mm-hmm. doubling up on their positions on, you know, all these companies that were uh COVID stocks and and it's just kind of crazy how they're able to profit off of uh off of all of us really, you know, during that time. Um
1: but, yeah, but all of the um like, for, for instance, Trump, if you think about it, he was calling out many different companies, right? And mm-hmm. if you were in the stock market, then you will go and look at those companies right in and there as soon as he called them out. And while he was calling those companies, I was like, hey, you know, they, we're, we're working with such and such, they're doing so great. They were get so, that that stock would start rising as he's talking. Oh, yeah, I
0: remember that. Yeah.
1: Right. So they, <laughs> people were really going off a of hype because most of the companies that he called out are not doing well. Did yeah. not sustain Pump and dumps. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I said sometimes it's really based off a of hype. Like, okay, he called this company out. It must be great. No, that's not necessarily true. I mean, look at um what um what's his name? Um it's getting by me. He owns Tesla. Why is oh, it oh Elon, Elon Musk? Elon Musk, I'm sorry. I was just reading on him today. and His name was getting by me. But Elon Musk also did the same thing with Dogecoin. People bought Dogecoin based off his interview and him saying, mentioning Dogecoin and the price went up. I think it, was, it went up like 30 to 40 cents. Yeah. So yeah, it's really based off hype. Like they can't really f- affect financials unless they are investing heavily into that company.
0: I, I, I agree. And I know we're not going to talk about crypto much on this, but um, just as a caveat to that, when it comes to like meme coins, for those of you listening, just be careful investing in that, because if the coin doesn't have any sort of project behind it, there's no protocol, um, then it you're basically throwing your money away, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I did invest in Dogecoin during the whole Elon thing just for fun. It was basically me using my Monopoly money to invest in it. But, um, you know, if you are going to get into crypto, use the blue chip coins and tokens, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, but, you know, the a lot of these tokens out here that are meme stocks and even recently, the the tragedy that is Luna, which we won't go into, but um, it's just it's really really risky out there in the crypto world. Um, but I, I I wanted to add one more thing before I ask my next question to you um, about senators and and basically people in government trading publicly held companies is also people should be really careful about copying those trades because. Those trades are not posted publicly until like weeks after the trade is already finished. And a lot of these trades are stock options and stock options are timed trades. And I I want you to explain for our listeners who don't know what stock options are, what that is, what the risks are involved um, and what that is versus just doing day trading and just trading shares.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. So stock options or, you know, doing options period is way more riskier than just buying underlying assets, which will be stocks right there that you can purchase them individually, hold on to them, it's not going to be as volatile. So when you purchase a stock option, the volatility can actually be good or bad for you, right? So if that stock starts to lose money, and people are starting to pull out of that trade, um, or people are starting to sell off, then you're going to lose money in your option. Or you can lose money in your option per time, right? So even if the stock isn't doing terrible, right, it's just stagnant, you're losing money in your option, depending on if you um, are saying that the stock is going to do good, or if you're saying that the stock is going to do bad, And that's really dependent on which way you go. So um, it's very, very important for you to know how long you're willing to hold it because I know you said you can actually have options for two years um, and you can sit on those options for two years and sometimes, but you can sell within those two years. You don't have to keep it for two years. You can have an option set for one day, but the longer you have the option, the less money you lose, the and also it's dependent on, oh my God, it's a lot to go into. It's also dependent on how close you are, right? So they have the term in the money and out the money. It depends on how close you are to the target that you have set from your option from where the actually underlying asset is sitting at, right? What that stock is valued at. So um, there's a lot of, um, if you're a first time beginner, this is probably sounding foreign to you, but there's a lot of um, intricates when it comes to option trading, where you can do covered calls, you could do puts, which basically you're going against it. You can do calls, which means you're going forward. You you think the, the stock is going to grow based off of fundamental analysis, based off technical analysis I always say use a combination of two because you can always have it where in the morning you get that rush and then people you have option traders who just came in for a little bit to get their uh their their weekly their weekly or daily dose of fun and now they're out they got their money and they're good to go and you're still sitting there like what happened um that was option traders coming in and taking over the market and leaving with their finance, fi- financials, um, in green, and I see a lot of people ask me or ask people how to do option trading. And I don't even tell you, if you do not know the basics of trading, I don't even like to go into options because people like quick money, fast money, but they don't like to do the research in how to, uh, how to basically, there's a lot of risk in fast money as well. Um, So I don't even go into it. So yeah, Yeah. you can, you can lose a lot of money, like a lot of money, really, really fast.
0: Very fast. yeah. But
1: you can also make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I, and I, I would recommend that if you haven't traded at all before, don't start with options. Start with just, like you said, the underlying shares, just focus on uh, trading shares. Um, use that as, really use it as practice and do paper trading. Don't even trade with real money because mm-hmm. there's instruments and tools out there. Uh, there's a great tool that I used when I first started trading called uh, Thinkorswim by TD Ameritrade where they allow you to paper trade. And then you can practice with fake money to trade, you know, stocks, and that will help you. And you had mentioned Sade, which I want you to um, uh, talk about a little bit. You had mentioned technical analysis and thinkorswim is a perfect tool to learn technical analysis. So explain to our listeners, what exactly is that?
1: So technical technical analysis is like um, you're looking at many different points of where past the way I like to explain it you're looking at past, uh, the, the past of how the stock was actually performing right and then you can actually use that data and see how the stock will go going move going forward so you can look at their highs their lows, um, where they have been stagnant um, what's their next dipping point? And that can actually give you a lot of information on how the stock will behave. Sometimes a stock would not go past a, a certain, uh, I, I call it a dip. Um, other people use another term, but it won't go past a certain dip or curve. And by that, that, that helps you manage where it's at. So um, they also use another term for it. But there's also a term where it, if the stock is going up high sometimes or people let me use the right terminology. When people are investing a lot, sometimes it's hard for that stock to break out of the point where it was at its high. But once it breaks that point, sometimes it will return to the point where it was trying to break, Mm -hmm. even though it broke that point with the investors investing in it because they're basically saying, hey, you know, we need to do a correction. And that's what I call, it's always going to come back. And that's why you have people who will wait for it to go to a certain level and then they will opt out and then let the stock go down again, right? When people start on pulling out pulling their money out, they will put their money back in at a certain viewpoint or low point as compared to past analysis where that stock had dipped at and then they'll go again, right? So you can actually have different points on your on your graph when doing technical analysis on where you should enter at and where you should exit at, So that's the important point of using technical analysis. And that's what I use it for, even though I use mostly fundamental analysis, because technical analysis can can be a little iffy for me, especially when you're doing long term, you want to stick to fundamental. Technical analysis is really based for uh, uh, primarily hype, right? You can really base it off hype. You can't really use fundamentals for hype. But um, when you're doing technical analysis, it helps you determine when you should enter and when you should exit um, and how much profit you should take at an exit. So if you don't want to completely exit out when you're doing technical analysis, you can actually have points on your graph from past, looking at the past history of how that stock performed on where you should exit. Now, where you should enter, you can actually do a calculation on the percentage, which I do. I don't know if people talk about this in um, in details, but I actually do a percentage based off how far um, the indications of where the stock had increased to um, that day, in particular days where it had um, stopped. The, the percent differences mm-hmm. there's differences in the high and the lows. So I do the percent differences, and that's basically my determining factor on determining how much. Um, how much profit I should take? That's actually a really good. That's a good, I never tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's actually pretty good because that's a question that a lot of people ask: is when do I exit a trade? Um, and I, I, I might try that as my strategy because I just usually just go off of you know I'm I've got a percentage in my head of what I want as profit, and um, basically I, m- my advice is if you're at profit take the trade. (laughs) You know, if you're, if you're at profit, don't get too greedy because there have been times where, you know, I'm at profit. I'm like, okay, I'll just wait till it gets to one more dollar, you know, 10 more percent, you know, and then I see a big old red candle and I'm like, whoa, this thing just jumped down. So sometimes if it's those really volatile stocks, um, it can go in the other direction really, really quick. So take profit, if you um, are unsure when to take a trade, but I like your I like your strategy. I'm going to try. Yeah, I think
1: I think that's because I'm in statistics um, when I was in school and I do a lot of it now when looking at charts and determining which way the market is going to go, especially for where I'm doing in product development. But I do, I tend to do it. And that's probably why I'm so great at it. I tend to do it with technical analysis where I look at the percentage difference and I actually take, a i i actually take 5% of the um, percentage differences basically to give me some wiggle room. And if I do well, I, I you know, I'm, I'm happy, but if the stock goes above that, I don't get mad because some people would be mad and be like, oh, I should have waited. I should have let it go a dollar more. I should have let it go. Nope, be happy that you got profit and get out because some people didn't. So that's all you need to know. And that is the quickest
0: way to lose money is when you stay in that trade, trying to wait for it to continue to go up and then it goes in the opposite direction and you'll regret it. So if you are at profit, that is when you get out.
1: Um, Say no to emotional trading.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. And that that I actually, I'm glad that you brought that up. What what advice do you have for people that get emotional? Because you're not always going to win. No no trader makes money on every single trade. We all have lost at some point or another. Um, so what advice do you have for when you know you get into a trade and you've lost a lot of money, um, or you just you, you just lost and you're frustrated? And you feel like, man, I, I don't want to get back in the stock market right now. I'm just mad about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing that one of the things that I do is I just take time out to myself, right? For, for instance, if I wake up and I already feel like I'm about to have a day, I'm not fe- feeling well, I'm not feeling myself, I don't even trade. Nope, I don't trade. I don't look at the stock market. Well, because I feel like I will start to trade if I did. Now, for my long-term stocks, yeah, I have, like, indicators on to let me know, like, what's going on. But don't trade at all. Like, not at all, if you're not feeling yourself, because that's when you tend to lose the most money. Even when you're your happiest. This This sounds crazy. Even when you're at your highest, when you're happy and you're super excited and you're making money, Just take your profit and leave. Because what sometimes what I notice is some people will feel good about, you know, making $2,000 that day and they still see like all these stocks, like everything looks green, like everything is going up. I should jump into this. I should jump into that. Nope. You actually should make your, um, the day before, you actually should make what trades you want to look, what stocks you want to look at and what type of trades you're willing to to take, right? Per technical analysis, per fundamental analysis on how it goes. You should not be everywhere within your trading um, because it's like everywhere within your emotions. Like if this is a stock that you wasn't gonna trade in the first place when you got on, when when you logged on, do not trade it because you did not do your due diligence. You're going based off of now what you're hearing and what you're seeing instead of going off of what you've already researched. So that's one, that's called emotional trading because you're not even going with what you, your first instinct, your, your, what you've already studied, what you've already said that you were going to do. Once you start going against the grain, which is yourself, you need to stop because you're only going down a hole at this point, because there is no real um, direction at this point. You you don't even know where you are. That's emotional trading, right? Even listening to someone. So yeah, I would suggest just take a breather. It's okay. Money is always money can be made in the stock market each and every day. And if you right. miss one or two or a week, you will be fine as long as you have your sanity. <laughs> and and that's a good point. You said money
0: can be made in the stock market. There's people that probably don't realize, and this goes back to options. And again, please, if you've never done options trading, don't start with that. Start with just regular trading with shares and then move up to options. But if you've done trading shares and you do options, Um, you can still make money off of the market even when stocks are plummeting. So um, explain that a little bit with um, when you're uh, trading in a bear market because that's where we are right now. And um, I think this is the best time uh, to get into the market. You know, back in 2020, and that's when I started investing because I was like, there's got to be an opportunity for me to be able to you know build my wealth here and make some more money and covid hit and everything tanked and all of these stocks that in companies that i was looking at were at a discount and now we're seeing due to inflation and the interest rates going up thanks to you know the fed um that we're almost at like covid levels at this point um so explain how or maybe give some advice, uh, as to how people can really take advantage of this market. Now that things are down right now, they're at a discount, things are on sale and, uh, how they can build their portfolio out of that.
1: Oh, yes. Definitely look into companies who have a lot of liquid, um, Microsoft is one, Google is another, like, um, Berkshire. I mean, if you can afford it, but, uh, yeah, but you know what, you can also do fraction shares. So I know some people go into the stock market and they're like, oh, I can't afford to pay a hundred dollars for this stock. No, you can buy a fraction of it though. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of people don't know that. So yeah, you can still own part of the company, even if you just put $2 in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I always believe and I love a bear market because you definitely it's, it's definitely discount season. It's like Black Friday. Um, you're coming in and you're getting all these discounts on all these stocks, but buy the right ones. Um, still look into the company, look at how much liquid they have. Still look at that earning potential because you can make a lot of money over time just investing into these investing in these stocks right now. To be honest with you, if you look at Tesla, I think um, I looked at Tesla earlier today. I don't know where it's sitting at sitting at right now, but I think it was in six, <laughs> yeah, six seventy or something like that. And yeah. just a couple of months ago, it was like 1100 dollars. Like, oh yeah, yeah. i have already
0: dollar cost <laughs> average in on that. <laughs> I'm on yeah. top of it.
1: So it's 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 just kind of like just knowing, like you really have to do your research on the companies and what they're projecting, what they have coming forth for the future. What the what does the future look like for America, for the world, right? what does that even look like and once you start thinking ahead on what companies can actually provide a better future for america and we're in in and where we're going the trage- our trajectory how do they fit into that path then you will start understanding that company can make money they got Absolutely. the right people behind them this is what we need they have the resources we're good right healthcare is always is considered is like a billion dollar industry Healthcare is always making money they're all i mean people are always getting sick. People are always going to want to go to the doctor. Look at what happened with covid nineteen. You can invest in some of these companies that's coming out with really really great innovative technology, right? I mean, some people don't even know robots are doing surgery on you now. Find out the company who makes the robot
0: yeah, absolutely. so it's just that, little things like that it's it uh, this is the perfect time to invest um and uh I, I wanna get from you, what are some apps that we can use? What are some brokerages? Brokerage meaning, um, or exchanges where companies that allow trading, where you can actually buy stocks and trade stocks, uh, what are some good apps that we can use to to do that, to get started and, and build our portfolio?
1: So one of the apps that are really, really great is the one that you mentioned, um, TD Ameritrade Think and Swim. Yeah. Um, very extensive educational programs for beginner investors. Super nice. Um, I love their web platform. They have um, also it's, they also have a, a mobile app as well, where you can use it as so if you don't just want to be on the desktop, like all other traders. Um, but TD Ameritrade actually doesn't offer fractional shares. So you actually can't purchase, you know, fractional shares on TD Ameritrade. You actually probably need to go to a different brokerage account. Actually, I actually think you should have more than one brokerage account. You should have one if you're an active trader that you do options out of. So if you lose a certain amount of money, you know, you're not dipping into the money that you are actually saving, right, and investing instead of like the money that you're actually trading, right, to make you know to to make more money I actually think you should separate out the two because sometimes you can get confusion and your hand can get a little hot um especially that's a good idea yeah Yeah. always have two separate ones so you can just look at how your accounts are doing based off of you doing long-term investing and then you're doing short-term investing and I have to to interrupt
0: you really quick um thinkorswim by the way if you decide to use that platform is free you don't have to pay for thinkorswim so just wanted to throw that out there go ahead
1: Yes, yes. Um, and then the other one is also ETrade. ETrade is a really, really good platform too. Um, they have a great educational um, layout, easy to use. The mobile app is extremely um, easy to use. They also have just like ThinkOrSwim paper trading app that you can use for like testing your strategy. So you can basically um, you can basically call out a trade and see if you actually would have made money from that trade. It actually helps you become a a really, really good options trader as well, um, thinking about what trades you could have made and calculating how much money you could have made from that. That's very, very important. But, you know, some some of the the downside from E-Trade could be, you know, the fees and that you should look into that for all, you know, all any platforms, even your um, your retirement accounts, how much fees um, are are they charging you for, you know, mutual funds for uh, to do uh, to, to sell contracts and what what have you. So that's very important to look at because some people get so happy at how much money they're making. They really don't think about the fees they're being charged. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then um, there's other apps that you can access from your phone. What is your um, opinions on like Robinhood? Because Robinhood is very popular because it's very easy to use. A lot of first-time traders use it. I know that it was recently in the news and kind of got into some controversy due to the whole GameStop drama. So what is your thoughts on Robinhood?
1: Oh, I have traded on Robinhood. I actually made all my money on Robinhood, but it's still like I think they they have a lag when it comes to their trades, mm-hmm. and um I don't know if everybody or people have picked up on that. It's not your internet. It's Robinhood. Um, yeah. so if you're trying <laughs> to get out of a trade and at a certain point, it can kind of like backfire on you. You or you won't get as much money as you thought you were gonna get because they didn't pull you out of that trade. That's what I have experienced um with Robinhood. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, but as far as buying underlying shares, yeah, it's great. It's, Robinhood also has a mobile platform that is super, super easy to learn, uh, use, and um, understand. Um, it's not too many buttons. It's really just in and out type of thing. Um, you can look at, um, and, and this is for any platform, really. You can really look at, you know, how many people are buying in. You can look at, you know, the volatility, um you can't look at all that stuff at once on a mobile app that's why some people especially like active traders use desktops so you can yeah. kind of see like you know what you know how much people are buying in and you know how fast the stock is actually moving because yeah it's it's Mm, Robinhood is good. It's it's good for, but it, it can be good for b- beginners, um, for doing underlying, um, buying underlying assets. But for options trading, uh, just be careful on that one. Mm, I, I yeah, use it for options trading, I anymore. agree. I'm
0: I'm ashamed to admit I do use Robinhood for options trading because that's what I started with, and I just haven't left the platform since. But um, mm-hmm. I don't look at the app when I'm looking at uh, technical analysis, and I don't I don't advise anybody to do that. Look at ThinkOrSwim when you're looking at the charts because that is the most accurate reading. And once you learn technical analysis, you'll understand what I'm talking about because then you can set up different studies in the thinkorswim platform to see what things like, what an EMA is, an SMA line, what the MACD is, all of these terms that I'm throwing at you, you'll learn that along the way. But um, Robin Hood, yeah, it's it's like the bad boyfriend, you just keep coming
1: back. it's super you know what you keep coming back because it's super easy to use it's like it's it's not really too detailed it's like okay like press these three buttons okay now i'm in oh this one button now i'm out but um i think it's important also to know that sometimes you can already set up your trade even if you're like going to be which i don't suggest trading when you actively trading when you're super busy you can actually look at um you can actually incorporate your trade, like basically schedule out your trade, like, oh, okay, well, this is the point I want to, like a stop, I think it's called a- A, a watch a, list. Yeah. Yes. It, well, not necessarily a watch list, but like a you can put a stop in where you can say, okay, at this price point, you can sell all my money, Right. And, or you can say, like, even for underlying shares, you can say, okay, well, I'm not going to be for long-term, share, for, even for long-term investing. Say um, some people I know invested in the company ACB. Mm-hmm. And that company used to be valued at $120 one time. And now it's valued at, like, it went all the way down to $4 at one time. So if you were a long-term investor and you never looked at your stock anymore, right? You just, you know, have it where it's on um, um auto, uh, it's on autopilot, like where they're just drafting money from my account to buy into the, to the stock. Oh, the recurring investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have put a stop, um, a stop order in for, okay, if it drops to a hundred dollars, take 50% of my shares and sell it. If it drops to $80, take 20% of my shares and sell it. If it drops to $40, sell all my shares. Because clearly I'm losing a lot of money at this point, but it's basically at the price points that you wanted to stop it. So you can actually put um, stops in for, you know, when, uh, if a stock drops at a certain point, then it, you can actually put that stop order in and it, it'll execute. Right even right. when you're not looking at it. So that also saves you time as well. You can also execute for if you want to buy a stock at a certain price. So for instance, Tesla, you'd be like, dang, I wanted to jump in at Tesla, but I don't want to be emotionally buy at $800. I'm thinking it's going to go back down, right? So you can actually put a, a order in that lasts for three months, six months um, and say, hey, when if it drops to $600, buy eight shares, like I want it. Um, and, and it will execute right within that three month window, if, if, as long as you don't decline it or go in and say, hey, you know what, I don't want this um, order in anymore. So you can actually put orders into purchase stock at a certain price and orders to basically sell your stock at a certain price. Um, yeah, so you, you can actually utilize those um, neat little um, things they have in the application to actually um, protect your money.
0: That's really good advice, and 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 again, like this is such a good time to really look at these stocks that have fallen. I mean, there's a list, and I think it's become like an internet meme at this point that's floating on the internet of all of these tech companies that have dropped in price. It ranges from like thirty to seventy percent. Tesla' is on the list, Netflix is on the list, Amazon, Upstart, just all of these different uh, tech companies. And uh, you know, look at that list and start seeing which companies that you feel that you know you want to invest in. and obviously do your due diligence, look at the financials, see if it's a company that you believe in and and take advantage because we're in a bear market. Bear markets are only temporary. Once the trend switches to the bull market, those companies are going to go right back up to their all-time highs and um, your portfolio is going to be looking really nice next year. (laughs) So um, yeah, this is a great time. Also, I wanted to add too, um, for folks that may feel like, uh, or I think a lot of people have this app already on their phone, but Cash App, because a lot of people use Cash App to, you know, send their friends and family money. Cash App also has um, a section on there where you can invest in stocks. So just throwing that out there. Like I, I actually have Cash App just because I've used it in the past to send money. But since they built that platform to where you can invest in stocks, I went ahead and purchased shares of Apple and uh, Tesla and a few other companies on that just to. Just again to diversify, which is something you should always do. And what you recommended, um, Shadé, to you know go ahead and diversify in the different brokerage apps. So,
1: yeah. Not only that, you can um, look at what you are investing in, right? And I always tell people to to invest in what you're good at, right? And
0: mm-hmm. whatever
1: sector that is. So the sector that I'm great at is you know science, technology, healthcare. That's what I frequent in, right? I know a lot of things corresponding to that when it comes to the news, when it comes to park development, when it comes to financials, when it comes to social um, behavior, when it comes to tech and healthcare and what, what have you. So if you're good at financials and um, finances, um, if you're good at finances and you're in the bank and you know what's going on with the interest rates, you can actually start looking at some of these banks, Wells Fargo, Bank right. of America, you know, how they're doing because you know more in that area and how whatever laws or what have you are being passed will affect those, those that sector so yes. you should actually use that to your advantage when trading like it's to look into the companies that are doing well, and if you're in product development or you have your own store or whatnot, or podcasting like you, like you, mm-hmm. you can actually look into the technology that you're using to do your podcasting, right? Because if you're using it, somebody else is using it. What company are they purchasing from? Maybe these other companies, such as Facebook or you know TikTok, are starting to work with them because they want more people to actually go down this avenue, offer incentives, see what partnerships they have with them like it's it's really bigger than what you think it is, and you can make so much money when you realize that there are so many interconnecting parts that actually build off of one another. So, I for see. instance, just to give you a really, really quick um, uh, uh, a really quick um, um example, Amazon, and Shopify are one of two of the biggest companies. Shopify cannot really, Shopify can exist without Amazon. However, Amazon probably wouldn't be where it was without Shopify. Shopify is where you can basically make your store or GoDaddy, you can basically create your online store, boutique, whatever you have you, right? That store is then bridged together with Amazon where you can actually go through there and you can connect your products to Amazon where they can buy. It's just a a secondary platform they use, such as Walmart, right? secondary platform, most of the time, you don't know that you're not just buying from Walmart, you're buying from a everybody all over the world who has these small Shopify stores and they just put their their um, their um merchandise there on that, that site. And they're usually catch this selling the same thing, but at a different price. Oh, so they're usually selling the same thing, same thing, but at a different price. So for instance, you can go on Amazon and or Walmart and you will see that the price is different, but it's the same item. And most people, you have two different consumers, which I have studied because, again, I tell you, I'm in e-commerce. Most people are going to go and purchase the high quality, the, the one that costs the most because they think it's going to be higher quality. Some people will go and, po- and purchase the one that costs less because, like, oh, okay, well, it's the same thing. They have already caught on, like, you know what? I could be getting a better product, just poor service, right? So usually it's the same thing and i'm usually the person who's going to have it up at the highest price some people have a a law a a larger product um formulation so they can actually sell a lot more at a cheaper price so it's really how the consumer thinks and this is how these big businesses make money we're buying and we're we're buying all this stuff from China um, where it's manufactured so if you ever look on anything that you purchase right I'm giving all the secrets away they're going to kill me Um, (laughs) if you look on anything that you purchase most of the time it says manufactured in China. That's because they're basically taking the product that is made and shipping it here, or shipping it directly to you, and they just put a surcharge on top of it, or a certain margin on top of the profit that they want to make. But they have not made the made the product. Home Depot is one company that does that, and a lot of people don't even know that. Lowe's is another company that does that. Home Depot is actually a really, really great company. If you look on the stock market, holds well. Blue chip company. I will say invest in it. But they purchase all their products from. Home um, from from China. Almost all the products you would get would say made in manufactured in China. There's furniture stores. A lot of people, if you purchase furniture from any type of store, um, uh, w- what what furniture stores? Ashley Furniture, um, all these furniture stores. If you purchase any furniture during COVID-19, you could not get it for at least three to six months because they were shipping it from China. And then they charged you a little extra because one, they have to make a profit off of it. And two, the um, I, I think shipping had actually increased as well. So that's why there was a long delay and you still pay for furniture that you didn't receive until a year or six months later. So most of the companies based in US are basically making money off the back of off the back of China, right? Backhandedly from China. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I Uh, see it done all the time. I mean, and all
0: of these stocks that you're mentioning are under a lot of pressure, meaning that you can get them at a discount. That is why, and that's why I elected to do this podcast because I really want you guys that are listening to look at investing long-term while we're in a bear market. I mean, Shopify, which you mentioned, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned them because I, as of today, am keeping my, it's on my watch list. I'm keeping my eye on this stock because Shopify at its all-time high um, was trading at $1,669 a share. And as of today, it's at $347.16. Um, and they recently did a deal where their merchants can now purchase using... Um, Crypto.com, so they can use, I guess, Bitcoin or, I guess, any other token through Crypto.com to do transactions. So I, I'm still, I'm keeping my eye on it, but just that upside between three hundred and forty six dollars to sixteen hundred dollars at its all time high. So again, like I said before, we're in a bear market. Once the trend switches to bull which more people will start buying in at a lot of these stocks, you're going to see a lot more green in your portfolio. Again, do your due diligence, read, like I said, read the 10K, go to the website ticker.com where you can see the financials on a lot of these companies. Uh, So that way you have all of the information before you invest. Shade, is there anything else um, where we can find information about you, um because uh, I know you do consulting um or any other shout-outs that you have uh before we wrap up.
1: You can just follow me on Instagram at Dr. Shade Brown. I took down some things on um, my website and what have you because I was it was I, I love the love, but it was overwhelming at the same time. Um so right now I'm still not doing any consulting. I was doing it, but it, I didn't expect the amount of people that will want my help. And with Mm -hmm. everything I have going on, I just I just couldn't. So when I have opportunities like this, again, thank you, Black Girl Nerd. I really appreciate you to just speak to a wide range of people just to provide information. I'm willing to do it because I, I rarely have any time for myself, let alone time to, you know, help people. So when I do slow down, which I'm actually dropping some courses, um, later on this year so if you actually listen to this podcast and you find me on instagram say um just hit me in the um the the dm and say black girl nerd and i'll give you the course all the course material for free whether it be e-commerce um real estate it's going to be on short-term rentals as well as stock money stock on the stock market basically how to critically think to make more money um at at any time in a bear market or you know a bull market so um you can thank black girl nerd for that um so yeah you'll get my course material for free which i'll drop um the fourth quarter of this year
0: oh thank you and we're black girl nerds just with an s yeah i'm sorry Black girl nerds
1: (laughs) yeah I, (laughs) i apologize i'm sorry no
0: worries no worries well cool thank you for that and yeah please take advantage of this information i i really stress this you guys because In 2020, during COVID, when things were really bad, when the the market was red, everything was at a discount. I mean, literally, we're seeing that right now. That's when I started my portfolio and it was the best decision that I ever made. And I know we didn't talk about crypto, but I even got into crypto and crypto right now is at like 20, like Bitcoin rather is at 29K and its all time high was at like over 60,000. So Mm -hmm. if you do decide to get into crypto, that's an opportunity as well. So if you really want to take advantage of, um, you know, investing and being able to build wealth long-term, doing it in a bear market is really the best time to do it. Uh, so hopefully you got a lot out of this podcast. Thank you, Dr. Brown for coming on. It was a pleasure and, uh, we will see you next time.
1: Bye. Okay. Thank you.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.